BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. I am thrilled to be here. This is our year in review, our last podcast of the year. I can't believe it. I mean, we've all said it. Where is this year gone? Where did it go? I'm not trying to sound cliche or cheesy, but isn't it wild to think? It's almost like an entire year was just completely thrown out the window. But in a weird way, it's an entire year that I think has brought everybody together or more divided than ever. I don't know. Haven't been to a protest in a while. But you know what I'm saying? It's been a fucking wild roller coaster of emotions. We did it together. Listen, I was looking at some year-end stats. This podcast grew something like 425% in Australia. Shout out to all my Aussies. Thrilled to be coming there. I don't know when, but I'm on my way to do an Australian accent. You just have to make everything sound like a question. So like say a statement like, I love love Christmas. But if you make it sound like a question, you're doing an Aussie accent. Now, really, truly, if it means like the, the... the viewership, the the listenership grew 425%. That just means I had zero listeners and now I have 425 Aussies who listen to me. I think that's how stats work. Big crowd in the UK, shout out. I love you, mean it. I can't believe I was looking at something that was like people in Brazil, Peru, listen to this. How you doing? Can't wait to visit. I just feel that as a collective, as this world together, we're I really think it's like a once in a lifetime thing where everybody in the entire world has experienced some sort of similar thing. Like everybody went through this. You know, you have like fucking plagues and and droughts and shit in Africa and you got this country over here is fucked up. We got a war over there. Everybody went through this. Whether they took it seriously or not, everybody went through this, which means, and I quote, next year, people are getting fucked up. You know what I mean? But I think it's going to be kind of a cool thing. Instead of all, remember when all the celebrities at the top of like COVID were singing, imagine all the people. You have like Gail Godot and like Ryan Felipe for some fucking reason singing together. And it's like, what? This is not what we need. We need a giant universal keg party at the end of this. Sometime next summer, preferably after my wedding, And we have like one day where it's like universal, just everybody kick your feet up, whether you're sober, you drink, whatever. Sit down, make yourself a mocktail. Everybody just sits and has a fucking cocktail together and goes, what the fuck? And we all go, oh, God. 
a collective sigh, if you will. We're in this together. I have so many voicemails to get to, but I just want to break something down real quick because I think, you know, we've had all this extra time to sit at home and really kind of look inward and also look outward. Like, what do we want from our life and how can we change? But it's also made me hypercritical. I watched the movie The Holiday, which Love Actually is more my cup of tea and the elf, the elves, you know what I mean? The elf with the Will Ferrells. And I was watching The Holiday with my mom in bed and Ricky Tony's just farting his face off and he's snoring and being adorable. I'm watching The Holiday and listen, I couldn't say it on Instagram because I do like Cameron Diaz's new wine, Alvaline. And I think she's great. She's cool. She has street cred. She married one of the man brothers from Good Charlotte. Good Charlotte. I've been to many of their concerts when I went through my Vans Warped Tour days. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But I was a kid who still went to the Warped Tour and I had like an outfit from Hollister on. I wasn't like hot topicked out. Do you know what I'm saying? Fuck, I didn't even own a pair of Vans till about maybe a year and a half ago. You know, not the most comfortable if you have a high arch. But regardless, watching the holiday, Cameron Diaz's acting is so atrocious. She's making high choices, energy's high out the gate. And I'm like, you have this guy grounded like Jude Law and you got Cameron Diaz bouncing all over the place. But there were so many, and Nancy Myers, who wrote and directed and created and all the things, this movie, she can do no wrong. I mean, Nancy Myers is the queen of romantic comedy. She's the queen of a holiday movie. She is iconic for the kitchens and the homes that she puts in her movies. And if you know what I'm talking about, you fucking know but I was sitting watching The Holiday, a movie that I can usually just say, all right, Cameron's being a little lammy, but this is a great movie. And I sat and watched this movie and said, first and foremost, Jack Black, whom I love, actually kind of fucking creepy in this movie. Like Kate Winslet, one, also where's she been? Anybody seen her? She's not on Instagram. You can't find her anywhere. One of the best actresses of all time. I couldn't even tell you where to go to find her. It's one of my goals for 2021. Find Miss Winslet. Hey, sis, if you hear this, I know I have listeners in the UK. If anybody has like four degrees of separation from Miss Winslet, please let her know that I love her and I miss her. This is a wellness check on Winslet. It's a Winslet wellness check. And in that movie, her character crushed it. You know, she's got the sweet relationship with the old man. When I went back and watched, I was like, Jack Black was, I mean, he lingered a little too long with some of the stares and his body language. And I love Jack Black. Great guy. Seems like a good, good man. When you really sat back and took a look at the holiday, I'm like, Jude Law wouldn't have ever fucking dealt with Cameron Diaz. Either she got perky tits or not. You know what I mean? Would I have fucked Jack Black? A hundred percent. If I was in Kate Winslet's position, I would have. I'm a little bit more into the beefy men. But regardless, there were so many flaws in this damn movie. One, also, spoiler alert, if you've never seen The Holiday, and also, if you're listening to my podcast, of course you've seen The Holiday. You're a basic bitch, and it is what it is, and I love you for it. But Cameron Diaz keeps looking at Jude Law's phone, and he gets these phone calls from Sophia and Olivia. And she's like, oh, they must be other women. And then she shows up at his house, and then Sophia and Olivia show up, and they're like, my name's Sophia, I'm Olivia, we're its daughters. And she's like, oh, the phone calls. First of all, that makes no fucking sense. Because on his fucking Motorola flip phone. It said Sophie and Olivia, which means they would have had separate numbers calling him from. He only had one house phone. These kids are four years old. They didn't have a fucking cell phone. So that whole caller ID thing that was supposed to be a, 
you know, a surprise didn't even fucking make sense. I screamed out loud. I said, this is a bamboozlement. These kids don't have cell phones. You know what I'm saying? I'm just sitting here just fuming. And then you got Jack Black giving you a little bit too much of a creepy energy. And I thought a couple flaws in this movie. Also, someone pointed out to me, you know, the driver won't go all the way down that snowy country windy road in front of her house. The one that Cameron Diaz is staying at. However, in like two scenes in the movie, he pulls up right in front of the house and collects her luggage. Where's the continuity check in that one? Regardless, a Nancy Myers movie that should bring me joy and take my mind off things. I sat there and I criticized it and judged it. So I want you to know there's one thing going into 2021 is I got to take a step back. I got to just say, you know what? Let it be. Imagine all the people judging less and drinking more. Ooh, that was pretty spears. And that's what I'm going to try and do. I'm going to try and do it. At this point, we got to get out. We got to live in the positivity. We lived in the negative this year. We got to live in the positive. I don't give a shit. I know a lot of y'all saw the announcement. I'm developing a show with Peacock, which is so freaking exciting. And I'm just beyond words thrilled to be able to share it. Also, we still have to get the show on air. So there's still like 55 steps. But if you have a vision board and you're going to make it for the new year, please write it down, write it down, say that Heather's show gets picked up and she gets to make like six seasons of it. Because this is my love story, my story to the world. It's a story for my dad. It's it's what we lived through. And it's going to be a really funny, dark comedy. But, you know, it's been five years in the making to get this show for it to get bought. And I pitched it this summer and, and then people were, you know, bidding on it and doing that cool shit, which was wild to think that anybody gives a fuck about what I'm doing. And now we're developing it. So that means they buy a pilot and a script and we got to do all that. But we have to hope, you know, that they buy more. I feel like I'm in this very weird, artistic, vulnerable moment where I'm like, okay, I'm putting everything out on the line. This is my love child. This is a story about what I went through. And I want to share this. And it's so much an extension of like what I've been saying on the podcast. And you guys know every square inch of me. And I'm a ding dong. And it is what it is. But I love sharing this with you. And I'm just so thrilled that that I have this opportunity. And, I, and I'm scared and I'm nervous. And I hope we do it. No, we are going to do it because I spoke it into existence. In the name of Jesus, we're making the show. But it's exciting to have this kind of at the, at the tail end of just a f- clusterfuck of a year. I see a light at the end of the tunnel. And even if it's me writing this fucking script in my basement and just semi being positive about the future, I got to do it. And we're about to get into some fucking crazy voicemails because y'all are on one. But I want us to listen to these crazy voicemails and we're going to leave it there. And we're going to leave this in 2020. And in 2021, I know I'm going to have more shit to bitch about. And I'm going to have absolutely nuts. But absolutely yes to us all being there for each other in some sort of way. And absolutely yes to us giggling the shit out of some of these voicemails. Because when I started going through these, I said, we've hit rock bottom. But we're going up. We got options. We got opportunity. We got to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Imagine all the people at shopping malls and Chipotle. We're all going to be at Chipotle together. We're all going to be at a food court. I'm going to see you at a Charlotte Russe come fall of 2021. Are Charlotte Russe still around? God, I hope so. I'm going to make this show. I'm going to get back out on the road, do the tour. 
I'm still going to bitch and complain at the dumb shit that y'all send me on the voicemails, but that's okay because we all know we're in it together and we got this. All right. I love each and every one of you. I want to get into these voicemails because they're just so unbelievably ridiculous. But I want to say thank you for all the support this year. Thank you for the kind words. And thanks for giggling with me because that's all we got. But we're going to do it. Because we're all in this together. Definitely not selling a record in 2021. Thanks for putting up with like my weird songy jams. I want to be a pop star. And I got severe acid reflux and it hasn't worked out. All right. I love each and every one of you. Now let's get into these ridiculous, cunty, bitchy, over the top, just self-indulgent voicemails. I love you guys. Heather, it's Lauren, online dating story crazy. Here we go. Best friend went out with a dude who took her back to his house and took her into a library where he proceeded to read the Canterbury Tales to her, show her all these medals and plaques telling her he was an FBI agent. Turns out another nurse that she worked with had also gone on a date with him at some point and heard through the grapevine that he was now been arrested for impersonating a police officer, FBI agent, I mean, naval air fighter, what have you. What the crap with the Canterbury Tales also? What? I was like, first of all, why did you let him read you? Why didn't you just shag ass out of there after he started reading Canterbury Tales? This guy is going to make you a skin suit. Anyway, ridiculous. So weird. Absolutely not. Okay. This is such a great voicemail. Wow. A lot of things to dissect here. One, thank you for calling in. You're a great friend for sharing this. Also, this is how a lot of these stories have started. So many of the voicemails were, hey, this happened to my friend. And then we found out it happened to six other people, which is the most fucking alarming thing out of all of this. These guys aren't just trying their, as you said, their Canterbury Tales bullshit on one gal. It's happening to multiple people. So let me break this down. You said your girlfriend went on a date with this guy. Then he went, took her back to his house. He had a library, which at first is impressive. I mean, if you have a big enough home or enough, fuck, just decorating skill to have anything in your house that you can actually call a library. Like it's one thing to have a bookshelf. There's a big difference between a bookshelf and you've got like a actual fucking library. Like a library is what you see when you walk into a sophisticated home. I feel like all of our parents at some point had a library or your like rich uncle had a library. So I'm just letting you know if I would have been on the date with this guy and he would have brought me back to his library, I would have been like, I'll suck your dick. Yeah, I'll suck your dick. You want me to do it right now? Great. Do you want to rest the Canterbury Tales on my head while I suck your dick? I'll do it. You clearly have money but I'm shallow like that. All right, but wait, let's get into it. So he read her Canterbury Tales. Now, clearly, I don't know if anything sexual happened. Did he, you know, ask her to take off her shoes and socks? He wanted to stare at her feet while he read the Canterbury Tales. Also, what is his specific choice with the Canterbury Tales? Those are like medieval poems, right? Old English poems or some bullshit. They're tales from like Canterbury. You know, it is what it is. So you're telling me he reads her riddles, basically, and then he sends her on her way, but he lied to her, told her he was in the FBI, showed the medals. The medals and having the awards up in the library is also a hard flex. So I need you to know if I was single, I would have gotten got by this guy easy. I would have walked into the home, 
wow. Okay, he's got a nice leather couch, clearly from Restoration Hardware. He's got a full library, a nice oak desk. Oh, he's got medallions and medals on the fucking wall. Okay, drop trout. Let's go, doggy. What's your name? Jordan? All right. What war did you serve in? Iraq, Afghanistan? Doesn't matter. I'll suck your dick. And that's not me being slutty, but listen, my love language is words of affirmation. I like to build people up. So if I come into your home and I see that you're doing the damn thing, I'm going to try and make you feel good about it. But the crazy thing is this guy lied. So I'm saying I would have gotten got in this situation. You're telling me he's going around town telling people he's an FBI agent? Fucking yeah, doggy. I do think, and we talked about this on the podcast months ago, years ago, maybe. You know, if you were going to lie about something, it's very easy to lie about being a CIA agent or an FBI agent. You know, I'm not actually going to like press you. I mean, I would, but I wouldn't because I'd also be afraid. He's like, oh, okay, you're in the FBI. Yeah, but I can't talk about it. It's so easy to just say, I can't really talk about it. So you want to suck my dick and I'll read you Canterbury Tales? (laughs) And I'd be like, yeah, Jordan, let's go. Always a fucking Jordan too. You know it, I know it. Jordans are always, they're always the first one to lie. It is what it is. Jordans are liars. I've never met a Jordan who did not lie. If you've got even a girl Jordan, if you've got a girl Jordan in your group of friends, she'll tell you she went to Subway for lunch. She didn't. She made a tuna sandwich at home. And that's called habitual lying. And they lie about the little things. If you're lying about what you had for lunch, did you get a journalism degree from Iowa State? We don't know. My guess is probably not. So back to the guidelines about being an FBI agent. And then you said, Another nurse friend also said, yo, guess what? Found out I went on a date with him too. He got arrested for impersonating a cop, an FBI agent. Listen, if I'm on, you know, any of these apps and it just says FBI agent, like they don't even have to like fake lie about it. Like if they just put FBI agent again, I'd say, I'll suck your dick. I love a little mystery. You know, what if you had a panic room? Oh, God, if you have a library and a panic room, then you could put it in my butt. Uh, But I'm easy like that. Very easy. I've told you this before. Something about home security and education gets me randing. Row. You know? You got a humidor in this library? I'm game. Now, again, the Canterbury Tales, I need some more details with this. We're going to have to circle back on this one. It's an odd choice of something to read. And he just wanted to read to her, which is a weird flex. Like proving he's not dyslexic. You know, what is that there? What, what is going on there? I don't know. Canterbury Tales. If you don't know what Canterbury Tales is, it's kind of like the books of Narnia. Not anything like it, but also basically the same stories. A short summary, it's a ta- I just Googled this. The tales, mostly written in verse, although some are in prose, are presented as a part of a storytelling contest by a group of pilgrims as they travel together from London to Canterbury to visit the shrine of St. Thomas Becket at Canterbury Cathedral. Okay, you know what? This is some freaky shit. Anytime there's a story about pilgrims, you know, pilgrims are like FBI agents, buttoned up, crisp white collar, the very modest black dress. Weird hats. 
You know they're in a freaky shit. She should have seen this coming. Who read the books in Narnia? I did. You know what I'm saying? Great, great book. C.S. Lewis, a Christian author that didn't get enough credit. The Lord's the Lion. And if you know what I'm talking about, if you know, you know. But yeah, Canterbury Tales is freaky. You know, it'd be one thing if you pulled out Fifty Shades of Grey. Then you just know he's got kinks. But he wants you to dress up as a pilgrim. Did he have a shrine of St. Thomas Beckett? Maybe back in the panic room. Your friend didn't get to the panic room. Although if she would have gone to the panic room, yes, he would have skinned her and worn her. You know, there's people who dress up like furries. If you don't know what a furry is, it's basically people dress up in like full, almost kind of like mascot costumes where it's like a full bunny costume, full cat, and they fuck. I don't know what the niche, what what you call somebody who's into pilgrim sex but I guarantee it gets freaky real quick. But this is an absolutely not. I mean, the whole story is absolutely not. And it's an absolutely not on me because I probably would have very easily put this man's penis in my mouth. Why? Because his name's Jordan. Why? Because he's a liar. And he would have manipulated me because I'm a Pisces and I'm very easy to say yes to things that I don't feel comfortable with. Thank God I found Jeff when I did. All right? That's what's up. Thank you for calling in Canterbury Tales. This is a great voicemail. Let's get to the next one. I'm so glad that Canopy is a sponsor of the podcast. I really believe in this product. I need Canopy when I go back on the road to tour. Like this, every hotel room needs a Canopy. Every bedroom needs a Canopy. It is the world's greatest humidifier that just takes humidifying to the next level, okay? It is designed to fit proudly on your nightstand and it hydrates a room up to 500 square feet for up to 36 hours of running time. Comes in four amazing colors and parts of it are dishwasher safe for easy cleaning. My favorite thing is that it's recommended by leading dermatologists to help all skin types look and feel refreshed. Here's the thing, we're in that season right now. Everything is dry as hell. Your hands are cracking, your lips are cracking, your face is on fire just because it's so damn dry. Put the canopy humidifier by your bed. And as you're keeping your skin moist, you're literally helping your nasal sinuses, all of it. You know, I get sinus infections, like people get their period. That's where I'm at. But with the canopy humidifier, I'm able to really keep that air moist so that I'm not getting sick. And honestly, I live by this canopy humidifier. It is the best. All you got to do is go to getcanopy.co, that's C-O, to save $25 on your Canopy purchase a day when you opt in to a replacement filter subscription. You get a replacement filter every six weeks for 33% off the individual price. Plus, you'll receive a free aromatherapy kit to be used in the Canopy's built-in aroma diffuser. That's a $40 value. Then get better than that. Even better, there's a special offer for absolutely not listeners. I got a code for you. Use code absolutely 10 at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Again, go to getcanopy.co, that's C-O, today and use code absolutely10 for an additional 10% off at checkout. Trust me, your skin and your sinuses will thank you. Hey, Heather. I just want to say an absolutely not to nosy drugstore cashiers. I don't know if this ever happened to you, but this has happened to me a solid three times now where I go to a CVS I buy some, you know, personal shit because that's what CVS is for. And the cashier just wants to talk about it. So anyway, this happened before with cold medicine. This creepy little guy says, oh, I'm assuming either you or your roommates are sick. 
And I just like brush it off because I'm like, dude, I don't want to talk to you about this. And that's, you're just prying. Second time, this weird girl, she judges the price of my item. So I get Zyrtec 90 pills. She's like, oh, that's expensive for those two items. I'm like, yeah, well, it's the 90 pack. So yeah, this time I go in to buy pregnancy tests and spoiler alert, I'm not pregnant, but I put them on the counter and she goes, oh, so are you hoping for a yes? Is the same girl. Are you hoping for a yes or are you just making sure? And I just laughed and said, that's personal. That is personal. Why do they feel the need to ask about my personal life? I'm not telling you, what am I going to say? Oh no. Um, I'm late, so, you know, I'm, I am okay with the yes, but whatever. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to explain my whole life to you, Shannon. Anyway, this is Shelby from Texas. Love you so much. Just wanted to share that. Absolutely not. Thanks. Bye. Okay, sister, let me tell you what. This has absolutely happened to me. I've been going to the same CVS down the street from my mom's house for, fuck, we've lived in this house for 20-something years. The same guy has worked there. Now, I don't know if you know this, but pharmacists who worked at CBS, I mean, they, that's a cush job. Now, you do have to work a lot of holidays. I mean, I've had full-blown conversations with the entire staff there. They know me. But it is. I mean, pharmacy is good money. So they're already making, they're making good money. Now, the pharmacist is also different than the cashier. But my thing is at my CVS, my cashier at the front is chill. You know what I mean? They're doing the more $10 an hour gig. They, you know... We have a 24-hour CVS. It is what it is. But it's the pharmacist who also can check you out at the register who has the fucking attitude. Do you know how many times I've gone in there for like a Xanax refill? Oh, I don't know. My birth control refill. And I got a copitude. And this guy who works down the street, I'm not even kidding you. And this is not me being mean about a physical feature, but his aunt, fuck, can I say this? His eyes are so crossed. It makes me think, how can he look at the pills? Is anybody fact-checking his pill count? I mean, if your eyes are that crossed, you could think you're putting in a dozen Zannies. You could be putting in six. It's all, you're seeing double. I'm not getting the necessary pill amount, the pill count that I need. And I know that's a handicap, so I'm not trying to say anything about the handicap. But I am saying he also has an attitude. I'll never forget my mom went in there on New Year's Day. I was so hungover. And I'm like, I'm not proud about being hungover, but I had had a wild night at Storco Fresco and I got home at like 7 a.m. My mom the next day goes into CVS, made the mistake of asking this guy. She goes, my kids are hungover. What do I get them? And he just said to her, dead-eyed, maybe they shouldn't drink so much and be irresponsible. This was like a year ago. And he was like, Pedialyte, aisle four. And she came home and she goes, that guy was an asshole. And I said, yeah, he's judgmental. Not nice. And yeah, they shouldn't inquire. I mean, the pregnancy test thing you said, get out of here. That's insane. Are you expecting a baby? I don't know. Are you expecting a kick in the teeth? What's your name? Tiffany? Tiffany, I'll kick you in the teeth. It's like when people always tell me, you're pregnant, you're pregnant, you're pregnant. That's all anybody ever wants to say is you're pregnant. Ooh, are you pregnant? I say like, damn, ooh, I got a mole on my back. I need to get checked out. Ooh, are you pregnant? No, quit wishing that on me right now. I got shit to do. Y'all will be the first ones to know. But right now, I don't need you to chime in on my ovulation. 
I know 90% of y'all want to see me pregnant because you know I'm a bitch and complain and it's going to be great content because what do I do? I swell. Why? My body doesn't release water weight well, but my pain and suffering should not be your entertainment. Will it be? You bet your ass. This has got to stop. The inquisitive, oh, you're getting condoms? So do you have a boyfriend? No, I actually like to put them on houseplants. I like to put the soil, I like to put a condom at the bottom of like a ficus tree just so the soil stays moist. So when I go out of town, I don't have to have somebody water my plants. None of your business. You know what I'm saying? Now, listen, if you're working at CVS, so I know you're seeing some crazy shit. You're seeing, you know, the teens coming in at midnight looking for something sketchy, somebody trying to buy cigarettes with a fake ID. I swear to God, real story. I was in the back of CVS, literally picking up birth control. I heard my dad at the front of CVS buying cigs. Now, mind you, we were not allowing my dad to smoke cigs. And I heard, they were like, Kyle, how are you? He's like, hey, let me get a pack of Marlboro Lights, da-da-da. You know, the 24-pack, I don't know what kind of packs cigarettes come in. I used to smoke cigs in college when I drank. And every now and then I'll have a loose, long Capri. I'm not a smoker anymore. And if you smoke, do you? Y'all are the only ones who figured through fucking COVID because you already had the scar tissue on your lungs. Anyways, I digress. And I screamed in the back of CVS. I said, don't sell them the cigs. My dad was so pissed. And people saw my dad and I get in an actual fight in CVS. And I go, he doesn't need him. And the poor girl... Tiffany, working at CVS, didn't know what to do. I mean, my dad was a heavy set, intimidating guy. And I said, don't sell them to him, Tiff. And he goes, God damn it, Heather. Don't be disrespectful. And I was like, don't sell them to him, Tiff. This happened, what? He died five years ago. This happened like six and a half years ago. And mind you, he did not die of lung cancer. It was pancreatic. Wearing your cell phone on your hip can kill you. I'm not trying to be rude to the cross-eyed man. It's just, he is such a sassy. He's so rude and so sure of everything that there are days where I'm like, hey, brah, you know what? Lose a toot a little bit because I can't handle this right now. (sighs) Shout out to anybody who has, you know, vision problems or just extra vision or just maybe you've got a loose eye. You know, sometimes having one eye that crosses can be a little fun. It is a little intimidating to the person trying to talk to you, but that's my own projection. And that's not fair to that guy. But he's rude. He's mean. He's a mean CVS guy. It is what it is. So he's mean. I feel bad. God damn it. Now I'm spiraling. My name's Cassandra from California. I'm just wondering, like, what is the drop-off age to leave your kids at the fire station? Like, is there... I feel like there may be an age where you could like get in trouble for abandonment, but like the fire station should be a safe place in COVID. Like if you want to act like a jerk, like the fire stations down the street, breath, we can handle this. Oh, Cassandra, this voicemail is just to me, the epitome of 2020 in a nutshell. You a sound intoxicated B sound like you're at your wits end. What is too old to drop your kids off at a fire station. I think after you've had one kid, like I think it was your first kid and you were like a weekend, you're like, I don't think I can do this. You drop the kid off. But now you say kids and it's plural. I don't think you can drop off more than one child at a fire station. 
You know what I mean? Even if you were just sitting at home, we got little Brantley's coloring on the white wall. You know, Braxley is opening every LaCroix that you have in the fridge in the garage and just pouring them all over your Mitsubishi. That could very well be happening in your home right now. Does that mean that you can drop them off at the fire station? I don't think so. Again, not a parent. As a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen who's kind of trying to figure out where to hide money but can't figure that out just yet, I don't think you can do that. Now, I used to do improv. And the rule of improv is yes and. So in this situation, I should be saying, Cassandra, yes, you can drop your kids off at the fire station and there won't be any consequences. Unfortunately, this might be a moment where I have to say, I don't think they'll take them. But Cassandra, what I can tell you, what you can do at home, if you've got the space, my mom used to have a thing called a scream closet. It was our pantry and she used to go into it with the pillow and scream. Sometimes she wouldn't even put the pillow over her to muzzle the scream. And that's why I still see a therapist to this day. I remember my mom hating being a mother so much. There were days where she would just scream bloody murder. And I remember my sister and I now talk about it and we're like, I don't know if mom enjoyed being a mom. Now, when we say that, she tells us to go fuck ourselves and says, reading to us in the library was her favorite thing and she adored being a mother. However, looking back, she was stressed percent of the time. Now, she had me late. I came out of her vagina at 40. So she was a grown-ass adult. It wasn't like she was young mom in it and frustrated. She had fully lived like 10 lives by the time sis had me. But she went in that scream closet probably five times a day. And don't get me wrong, I had a great childhood. But I also think the fact that you are willing to call into the the absolutely not line and admit that you're thinking about dropping the kids off at the fire station means you're doing something right. You're talking it through. I don't hear you buckling them up and taking, you know, dropping them off. Also, I would say if they're about 13, that's probably, I bet you could drop them off at 13, at least because they could scrub a floor in there, maybe learn a lesson. You know what I mean? If you have young kids, unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know what you do. You know, this is where my improv skills come in. I should be saying yes and Cassandra. They have a program there for young children at the firehouse. They will have them grease up a pole, you know, clean the tires on the fire truck. But again, I think a fire station is actually quite a dangerous place. You can't have an alarm go off in the middle of the night. You know, Rudy's got to hop in the truck and then he didn't see Braxley on the ground crawling, playing with the Lego. Doesn't seem like a safe place. And if you don't even understand what we're talking about, you're too young to understand that most people, when they abandon a child, they drop them off at a fire station. Now, you Gen Zers, Gen Xers, I don't know, maybe you drop them off at a fucking TikTok hype house. You're a teen mom. That's okay. But don't drop them off at a TikTok hype house. Go to the fire station. Police station, too dangerous. Policemen are usually... You know, they got their own beef right now. Have you ever met a nasty fireman? I haven't. Lovely individuals. Really signed up to save lives. Have you ever seen the movie Backdraft? Watch it. It'll fuck you up. People sign up to go into fires. Can you imagine what kind of father a firefighter is? A good one. My dad did fucking credit reports. Great father. Credit reporting. Firefighting. 
awesome dads. Anyways, Cassandra, check back in with us in 2021. I hope you cooled down, had a glass of Chardonnay, went into your screen closet, maybe gotten the Toyota Corolla, put the windows down, listened to a little Taylor Swift's new album, Evermore, calmed yourself. I'm here for you, sis. Thank you for calling in, but I definitely want to do a wellness check on Cassandra. God damn it. Y'all are spiraling. Let's get to the next one. I need a detox from this year, but you know what? As I continue to drink my crisp glass of Chardonnay every day at five, I'm going to continue using that DHM Detox, which is a vitamin for people who like to enjoy their drinks. Enjoy your holiday drinks this year and get back to doing what you love the next day without feeling awful. Forget the Sunday scaries and feeling like garbage. All you got to do is take two capsules after your first couple of drinks and it goes to work. It breaks down those pesky toxins in your body that creep up and you're like, I didn't even think I had that much wine last night, but you did. But if you had that DHM detox, you wouldn't be feeling rough. You'd be feeling ready and reared up, ready to go. Remember, holiday drinking season is upon us. So stay prepared for all the festivities so you don't have to struggle through the next day. And if you know somebody who this would be a perfect holiday gift for, why not go ahead, get it for them. You know what I mean? Get the gift that keeps on giving, which is feeling great the next day. No Days Wasted offers a risk-free purchase. If you don't love it, they'll refund you on your first box. This is a complete no-brainer. Doesn't get easier than that. I've got you 20% off your order and free shipping in the US. Just head over to nodayswasted.co slash absolutely and use promo code absolutely at checkout. That's nodayswasted.co slash absolutely for 20% off DHM Detox. Now back to the podcast. Hey, Heather. My name is Brianna, and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, the good old South. And my absolutely not is when parents don't dress their babies like babies. So, like, I'll be scrolling Instagram, and a five-year-old has on, like, one of those flat hats, which I love, but I'm 24, and she's five, and she's wearing, like, skinny jeans and like a cheetah shirt. And I'm like, she's five years old. She needs to be in a smocked dress and a big bow. Or like when actual infant babies are wearing jeans. I don't know why I'm just so passionate about infants and jeans. Maybe when they're a little older, but like a three month old does not need to be in jeans and Converse. Like they need to be in that cute, like baby moment outfit that like makes you just go, oh my gosh. And I just, parents, babies are only babies once. Let them be babies. All right, that's all. Bye. You know, there are very few phone calls that I 100% disagree with. This is the most absolutely not fucking voicemail of the century. First and foremost, there is nothing that is more joyful, adorable, enlightening, loving, tender, just want to put them in your pocket than a baby in jeans. And if you think that these fucking kids want to be smocked, you know what's an absolutely not? The Southern smocking. And we've talked about it. Do you know how many fucking sorority sisters I have that have smocked kids clothing companies? Shout out to my girls, lovey Delta Gammas. But still, I'm not buying that shit. Why does your baby have to look like they're going to a christening every 35 minutes of the week? You buy one christening gown, baptism gown, bar mitzvah gown, whatever. That's it. Other than that, if your child isn't head to toe animal print, if your child isn't in a little tracksuit looking like a Russian drug dealer, what are we even doing here? 
the audacity of this voicemail. Babies should be babies. First of all, babies don't even know where the fuck they are. Babies don't know jack shit. They know two things, where to find a titty and Paw Patrol. Honestly, sounds like a good life. The babies need to be babies. You know what? You're clearly not a mother. And as a French bulldog mother, if I want to put rigatoni in a pair of denim jeans, buy little baby Converse for dogs, watch him uncomfortably walk around the kitchen in them for 30 seconds, because that's the most amount of time that he will actually leave those on his paws. And he walks like he's got Velcro stuck to the bottom of them. And I put a little fedora on him and maybe a jingle jangled little chain around his neck. That's my prerogative. The kind of bitch who only keeps her kid in smock clothes is also the kind of bitch who shows up to Target, wants to return 45 items and doesn't wear a mask. She's the kind of bitch who goes to the Starbucks in the Target and then complains when she doesn't get a good white mocha latte. Guess what? It's not the same. If you go to a Starbucks in a movie theater, in a Target, in a Ross dress for less, they're probably more of a caribou coffee kind of conglomeration. Regardless, it's not going to be good. I think the only reason I'm even considering having children is to put them in denim, is to put them in knee-high boots, is to put them in, I don't know, a kimono. So they look adorable and cultured. Baby clothes are not smocked. In fact, hear ye, hear ye, the day I have a child, if you bring me smocked clothing and little white knee-high boots, socks, and saddle shoes, I'll key your white Lexus. I will. I will leave my own baby shower, walk out into the street, and key your Lexus and write cunt on the passenger door. And then I will alert the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which is our local town newspaper, and I will say, hear ye, hear ye. Caitlin, don't even remember, but Caitlin brought me smocked clothing. And people who put their babies in bonnets shouldn't be allowed to vote. No, can't vote. Because somebody who makes that poor of a decision, the person who literally has ever said out loud into the world, I don't like to see babies in denim. That's the cutest fucking thing I've ever seen. No, you should not be allowed to participate in our democracy. And I feel very strongly about that. And that's on gone, period. The audacity. You know what's absolutely yes? You bringing this to our attention. So now I have a list of things that my security guard and my future baby shower has to look out for. You're welcome. Thank you. Next voicemail. Hey, Heather. Hi, Heather. Hey, Heather. Uh, just a couple fans right here. Just three of us from Indiana. We're so excited to see your show in Indianapolis. <laughs> or even though it got rescheduled, but it's fine. So a couple of virgins here wondering <laughs> the logistics of the sex. We just need advice. Like, we don't know what's like... Before and after. Before and after. Like, the actual doing it makes sense. Like, we've known about that forever because Fifty Shades of Grey. But, I mean, like, I need to know, like, the basic, like, before and after things that we nobody tells you step. about. Yeah. We need some hygiene. Hopefully like, that wasn't super big. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bye. Love you. Okay. Did I hear that correct? A couple virgins calling in. Now, one. I don't know. Are you old enough to call into this voicemail? hotline or I just need to make sure that like Chris Hansen from To Catch a Predator is not going to show up. I'm sure you're just lovely college girls. I don't know. But virgins, I mean, you could be a 35 year old virgin and I commend you for holding on to your 
your purity, for holding on to your self-confidence, dignity, a sense of self-pride and worth. I got to be honest with you. I'll tell you about the first time I had sex. It was terrible. And I know a lot of people say that, but honestly, this is a large number. I would say the percentage of women who had terrible first sex is at least 87%. That's a very specific number, but I think it's accurate. At least 87. Maybe there's a freakish 2% that had a good time. It was terrible. I was 18. I was a freshman in college because I thought I was going to wait. I had sex with this guy and ironically enough, his little sister messaged me. I mean, she's, you know, in her thirties, messaged me about, let's say nine months ago and said, Hey, do you know my brother? You went to college with him. And I go, I did. I think I told her I slept with him and it was terrible. It was terrible. Here's the thing. Don't be too drunk. I would say maybe wait and do it with somebody that you care about. I know this seems like very cliche and something a wise old aunt would tell you, but it's not going to be great. You know, I'll tell you what, nowadays, I mean, I tell Jeff, I'm like, Jeff, just slap my pussy three times and, you know, let's go to bed. I like sex. But if you haven't already, you know, gotten in there and beaten it up, just ease into it. This is what I'll tell you. One, do not be embarrassed. You tell your partner, you communicate. You look them in the eyes if you feel like it. If they're cute, look them in the eyes. If they're not cute, just roll out and right into an Uber pool. You know what I mean? I don't know. I could go both ways with this advice. I feel like either just, you know what? Actually, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm going to go a little prude here. Because of the amount of STDs, STIs, just weird dicks that are out there, take your time. You know, use protection. Listen, I got a girlfriend who's out dating. She got gonorrhea three days ago in a fucking pandemic. She called me. She said, something ain't right. And I said, something's definitely wrong. She's a grown-ass woman. She has stocks and bonds. Do you know what I mean? She's got a CD. Now, not like a mixtape CD, like a CD, which is some sort of investment thing. Bitch has a CD and she got gonorrhea. Wasn't using her thinking cap. Didn't have on her breastplate of righteousness when she was getting freaky. So what I would say is whatever you do, wrap it up. Because the first time's going to suck no matter what. It's going to be a little uncomfortable, lots of pressure. I mean, fuck, maybe it'll be great. Also, but if you use protection, make sure he wraps it up, then you don't have to worry. And also the cleanup is, I hate to be vulgar, but if he comes in the, in the condom, you just slide it off and you throw it in the trash can. And then don't let that thing get near you. There was a couple one time in high school and they got, it was like a teen pregnancy situation. And they told everybody that she had jacked him off at her house. They drove back to his house and then he fingered her And that's how she got pregnant. And I looked at them and I go, that's not how that works. A 45-minute cruise and, you know, your Nissan Xterra will not get you pregnant. That's just personally, you know, something that kids say they do. If you have a condom, it'll all stay clean. If it breaks, you drive your ass immediately to CVS. You see the judgmental pharmacist and you say, I need a plan B. But also take your time. Trust and believe you're going to get into like, I don't know, maybe your 30s and you've had sex with so many terrible people. You're going to regret so many decisions. If I could go back and eliminate like a quarter of the people I've had sex. Oh my God, I'm so sorry to anyone listening. I would. You know what I mean? You and I both know you would. Any grown ass adult listening to this is like, oh yeah, lots of mistakes. And that's okay. It's a part of the learning process. But if I could go back and tell my younger 
more energetic self what to do. It'd say pump the brakes. You know what I mean? And then I had sex with a man one time in Auburn, Alabama in his trailer. Well, no, we almost had sex. And I said, like, like, do you have a condom? And he said, I'm waiting on my wife. I jumped out of bed, almost hit my head on a fucking raccoon skin that was hanging off the wall. Swear to God, it's a thing in Auburn, Alabama. And I didn't even go to school there. I was visiting. And I thought he meant like his wife, like she was coming home. He's like, no, I'm, you know, he was like a K.A. It's a weird thing. Even like the cool guys live in trailers. I mean, the guy had a fucking Mercedes, but it was weird. He's like, no, I'm waiting on my wife. I'm waiting to get married. And then I said in that moment, I felt so bad about the people that I had slept with. I said, yeah, me too. You're right. And I fooled this guy into thinking that I had also never had sex. And the next morning I woke up in a trailer. This is actually pretty smart of me. And I was like, fuck, I don't know where the fuck I am. I'm in the middle of the woods in a very high end double wide. And I could see the Mercedes parked out front. So I was like, all right, we're, we're Gucci. I went to the kitchen, the nook, whatever it was. I saw a piece of mail. My razor Motorola phone was barely charged. Texted my girlfriend, Annie. I said, Annie, you got to come get me. Here's the address. Genius. Looked at a piece of mail. And I had to walk about a mile through the woods to get to the main road. And it was across from a church. And I could see Anne Marie barreling down the road in her Jetta. And everybody else was going to church and she pulled up and I literally hopped out of a bush on the side of the highway in Auburn, Alabama. And I looked at her and I go, I'll never come to this town again. <laughs> am I proud of that moment? I'm sure not. Actually, I am proud because I didn't have sex with the man. It was a, a lot of heavy petting. But in that moment, I realized he's a better man because he's waiting on his wife. So I suggest, you know, do what makes you feel comfortable. Always make sure there's consent. But just use protection because I trust no one. And also, not a Tinder date, not at Bumbles. You, I want at least six dates in. You need to know their social. You need to know where they work. And you need to have their mother's address. Because guess what? It's 2020. Trust no one. Next voicemail. Love you, mean it. One of the best gifts I've gotten for myself is my purple grid pillow. And I'm going to break it down for you. Here's the deal. Every purple product is just so unbelievably thought through. The technology behind it is mind-boggling. Here's the deal. The purple products have what is called a purple grid, which is the only comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body and your sleep style. It's open air channels and temperature neutral composition eliminate pressure and keep you cool all at once. So literally when I lay my head down on the pillow, you know, when you get that cold side of the pillow, it's like that, but 24 seven. And it immediately just like tucks around and kisses, if you will, the back of my neck. It's the best. Purple is so confident in what they do. Every product comes with a risk-free trial. Purple also has financing available as low as 0% APR for qualified customers. Monthly payments are easy on your budget and there's no hidden fees. I literally love everything that they make. Purple, they just do it right. And here's the cool thing. Purple is literally going to give you a hot fire deal, which is you can experience the purple grid and you'll sleep like never before. Go to purple.com slash absolutely 10 and use promo code absolutely 10. For a limited time, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash absolutely 10, promo code absolutely 10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Terms do apply, but get yourself that purple mattress or that purple pillow so you can feel that cooling effect that other mattresses and pillows and companies just can't replicate. Purple, it's where it's at. Hey, Heather, this is Rosa from Kentucky. 
I have an absolutely not for you that jolted into my memory after listening to your last podcast about dating. I am a salon owner, hairdresser here, and I had a client ask me out and he's an optometrist. So I thought it would go well. I thought, you know, he's got, maybe he's got his stuff together. I don't know. So he invites me to go to my favorite restaurant, which has the most wonderful rolls. It's like the assorted kind with like different flavors of butter that you can put on it. It's amazing. And then this great salmon. So I'm super pumped. I can't wait. I get to the restaurant. First thing he does, he sticks his hand under my armpit because he wants to see if I'm perspiring to see if I'm nervous. Okay. I can't believe I stayed after that, but I did because the salmon's that good and the bread is fire. So after that, he then tells the waitress that we are going to share our meal. So we have to share the salmon now on one plate. No, thank you. He also then tells her that we don't want the bread because he's an optometrist. And he says that we will go blind because we'll get diabetes. I didn't even know that was a thing. And after that, I was pretty pissed off. He then shows me through his phone, like he's trying to show off, I guess. He shows me a surgery that he did on an eyeball that had syphilis. And I'm a hairdresser. I chose no blood, no grossness. I just love hair. It's my favorite thing in the world. He then takes me to my car and tries to kiss me. I say, this didn't go well. And that's my absolutely not. There's a ton in there. So do what you will. Love and light. Rosa, this just shakes me to my core. Absolutely fucking not. First and foremost, okay, you got bamboozled. I can see the whole setup. You're doing the hair. You know, you've got the scissors in your hand. You're really in in the powerful position. But, you know, he's, you're like, okay, he's a doctor. He's like, all right, can we, you know, you want to go to dinner? You're like, sure. Okay, you want to take me to the place with the good rolls? And I fuck with a good roll. I'll tell you what, there's a place in Atlanta called The Optimist and they come out with essentially, it's like a, a pretzel roll and it's got soft celery up top and it's just drenched in butter. Celery is a fancy word for salt, but like real thick sea salt. It's a fancy fucking roll. It's, it's not like any, it's like a potato pretzel roll. I can't even really describe it. All I know is it's fucking delicious. I would go with an optometrist, to, uh, The Optimist. You know what I mean? I would say, yeah, for the fucking rolls, Sure. You know, I go on a date with the guy from Canterbury Tales. You know what I mean? So you get to dinner. He tells you then you can't have the assorted rolls. That's when you just, I mean, you punch him in the dick and you walk out. But I, I get it. You're like, okay, I'm trying to be nice. But he wants to throw the diabetes. Nothing worse than when you have a fucking doctor. Sir, you're looking at eyes. You're not even looking at the overall health and well-being. If you don't check my weight before I go in for an eye exam, then you can't tell me what I can and can't put in my mouth. I didn't know that glaucoma was caused from casseroles, the audacity. And then you got to split a salmon. Listen, I've been trying to watch my figure. I get two salmons for myself because salmon's a light fish. You got to split it. And then he wants to pull out his phone and show you syphilis eye. Ah, no. Did you report him to the police? I would. I'd also report him on Yelp. You know what you should do? Call back the restaurant and say, listen, it's your girl, Rosa. I'd like VIP service for the rest of my life at this establishment because I had to sit through that awful situation. I'd also like 455 assorted rolls with soft butter with celery on top to go. And I think you should sit alone in your apartment and eat them and enjoy them. Now to the girls in the voicemail before this, you know, the virgins, 
This is another thing. Make sure they wear protection because you could get syphilis in your eye. I had a girlfriend who went to this show in Vegas called Thunder from Down Under. She was sitting on the front row. A guy, sweat, fell off the tip of his dick, got in her eye. She got crabs. Maybe it happened to a friend of her friend. Either way, I've heard that story before and it didn't end well. Bitch is blind. Then he went in for the kiss. You know, the audacity of some of these fuckers to think that that was a great night. Are you that out of touch? Apparently. And you know what you're definitely not touching? My body. My crate and barrel sofa. You're not putting your soft ass on it. Listen, if we have learned anything from this year, it is to guard your loins, not gird your loins. You know, I think it's guard. Guard your loins. Protect yourself. Stay focused. I am the prize. I want you to go through. I want you to go through this. Is what I want you to do. We're going to do a vision board podcast, top of the year, but this is the last one for the year. I want you to go through and I want you to find the qualities of your dream man and I want you to put them on the vision board. I believe it works. But what's so sad is this entire podcast, these voicemails, it's a nutshell of how we all handled this year poorly. Got one lady wanting to leave her kids at a fire station. Another lady telling me I can't put my baby in jeans. We got the virgins calling up scared to death. One lady's getting grilled at CVS. Another woman's locked in this a fucking FBI agent's library getting read Canterbury Tales. And we got Sweet Rosa not being allowed to have a fucking assorted roles because she's on a date with an optometrist. Oh, for God's sake. If we've learned anything from this episode is that we got to take a step back. We got to refocus. All right, 2021, I see the light at the end of the tunnel and I want y'all to know it is coming. And we are going to be okay. And we are going to be able to get out and we're going to be able to do our damn thing. And we are going to make the vision boards together top of the year because I want you to start planning. Go on the interwebs, print out some photos of Jean-Claude Van Damme, Kevin Hart, if you like him, and write down the key words. I need a man to allow me to eat bread. I want a man without, I don't know, a fucking panic room. I'd like someone who would allow our baby to wear cheetah print turtlenecks, you're not asking for a lot. But what you are asking is to set yourself up for success. And we got to take the steps personally to get there. Rosa, I love you. I hope you ban this man from your salon. And I hope you never get, you know, astigmatism and have to go see him. Go to the next town over. It's not worth it. Also, optometrist, really? I got to be honest with you. Anybody wants to like deal with eyes? Well, fucking weird. Seems like a safe job. It's like a dermatologist. Like I would probably do derm because I like to pick at things, but you really want to look at the rash. But you want to look at my heat rash and take a sample of it. Okay. Something's wrong there. You feel me? Listen, I don't know what the fuck's going on and I'm hoping that we can figure it out in the next coming months, but I do want you to feel hopeful and grateful because listen, It can only go up from here. Famous last words. I love you guys. Thank you so much for making this year. Just honestly and truly, this podcast has been the only ray of sunshine in my life. And I am so grateful for all the love and support. I want to hear what you got into over the holidays. I want to hear how your New Year's was. Call into the hotline, 800-213-7503. Let's recap. I'm going to continue to get on the hotline. And I promise you, we'll bring you some more solo episodes. We can really dive deep into what, what's happening. But let's figure out. I want to hear your goals, your aspirations. What are we adding to the vision board? Let's manifest it. Let's talk it out loud. 
Let's get it on the books, baby, because we're going to do it in 2021. This year was rough, but we made it through and we did it together. And thank you for giggling with me and sharing your stories, sharing your heartache, sharing your triumphs. I am so glad that we have this community together. I really genuinely mean that from the bottom of my heart. I love you. I mean it. And I'll see you in the new year, baby. Arrivederci. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon.